2: Eight o'clock hour on your home of the World Series champs. The rest of the crew is in Surprise, Arizona for one more day, along with our Rangers insider and broadcaster Jared Sandler joining Sean and RJ. Bobby out. Bobby just texted us. Well, I'll save it. Maybe I'll save it for below the belt on the update over him getting sick last night after our dinner at Knife and Plano. Sandman joining us on the DNM leasing hotline. Have you heard some of the uh, some some of this dinner? Tipping drama.
3: I have not, so I'm I'm a little behind. You know, oftentimes I listen to the show, but I listen on delay on the app. Uh so I'm a little behind. I just started the expressway, so whatever Peyton's uh uh ignorance towards <laughs> pop culture that you're about to tie I'm a little behind. But I just want to can I clarify something? Of course. I think you guys clarified it early. But I just Bobby did not get sick because of knife. No. Uh okay, I just I just I, I just want to clarify that. We love knife. Uh, especially George Sturgios over at Knife and Plato. Yep, uh, and uh, and, and, I, and
2: and and just to just to pile on that, Bobby just texted us. He has strep. He went to a doc in the box. He has strep throat.
3: There you go. With, okay. with,
2: with a temperature.
3: Awesome. Which you you surprisingly you can't get from over eagerly drinking and going a double straw Moscow Mule. Is that even? <laughs> What are we doing there? He went with a double. He asked for a second straw. He did not. He want like a swirly straw too, yeah. like a souvenir straw.
2: Now I don't think he actually asked, but he did say to me and Peyton, like he, like he wasn't joking. He wanted one, but I was like, "You're not. I'm not going to let you order a second straw next to me. I'm not going to let you say that to the yeah, waiter as a man." Uh, but what he did, Jared, is he went and got us six shots from the bar. He told us that. The shots got comped, so he paid the bartender $250 with tip and the shots that, you know, theoretically you usually get charged for. They were $20 shots, six of them. They were $120, but he did not want to mix that up with the dinner bill. So he went up, and he gave the bartender $250 for some reason. So then when the tab comes, and I'm trying to take care of the tip, Bobby's like, no, 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 no. Like, factor in what I gave to the bartender, because they're gonna split that. They're gonna go ahead and divide that up. Well, I was like, are you sure about that? Like, I needed to get up and clarify with the bartender. He looked at me like I was in slapped his mother, and he's like, no, we're not gonna, we don't split. Like, I get what you give me. He keeps the two fifty that your friend gave. So now I'm sitting here on the verge of getting ready to dole out four hundred dollars or four hundred fifty dollars to a tip at night for a dinner with six people because of Bobby and his stupid tipping ways. That's what happened at the
3: end of the expressway. I, I guess he must have skipped fifth period at home school where they taught like <laughs> basic restaurant understanding. Yeah. Uh, why would he think like though you know I and I've never worked at a restaurant, but I know enough people who have the servers might like a percentage might go to the the front of the house or front of whatever it's called, like the host. But like the bartenders are not going there, like with monopoly money, saying five dollars for you, twenty for yeah. you. You a great job. The bartenders $40. keep dollars. They
4: keep that. They yeah. keep it, man. Uh, isn't that what the you're saying, Tolo's? Are, doing, Tolo's yeah. are saying like Bart and, and you know, That's Sarah, what they're saying the most yeah.
2: in terms of the reaction, though, right? That Bobby, we we shouldn't
4: work with him. No, we should not work. People are saying the fan text, Bobby. We need to fire Bobby. We shouldn't work with him. Sarah's beside herself. She goes, bartenders don't tip servers. It's the other way around. Yeah, what you, do you we do? The the house. We, you know, it's just yeah, it's wild.
2: So that's what that's what happened uh, with, with, with with Bobby last night. But
3: all right, well, just let Bobby know, Bobby, if you're listening, uh, you know that additional two hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> tip that will be reimbursed will directly <laughs> and very negatively impact our mission to support kids with disabilities. Oh. So uh, first he would not shave his head for the
2: Bobby. first he would not shave his head for the kids, and now this.
3: Yeah, man, what a what an uh, an antagonist towards just trying to do good things in the community. All he wants to do is drink alcohol. Others out there are trying to roll up their sleeves, work hard, and support support the community.
2: <laughs> uh, I can't believe. It. I don't know if you heard this yesterday, but by the way, what has been the Rangers clubhouse reaction to Eric Chiafalo this week?
3: Players love him, man. I mean, I, I'm sure. I, there are guys who they're very buttoned up and they probably feel they're they're unsure how to answer some of his questions because they just don't want to put their foot in their mouth. Yeah. But I, I think even those guys, when, when the interview's done, they at least appreciate Eric's demeanor and confidence for, for not being someone who grew up on baseball and, and it's probably better, right? Because he's not just, stiff like oh uh, blah blah you know whatever guy yeah. he just he goes in there with full confidence and he'll I mean you guys heard yesterday I think he it was Brock Burke he let off with do you wear a cup like yeah. <laughs> he just and I think the the players enjoy it I think like half of them are like sorry sorry like it, it when he's interviewing Josh Force, I think like one half of Josh Force is like gosh I gotta make sure not to say anything that's gonna you know get me in too much trouble yeah. but then the other half is like this interview is awesome I love this Uh, Eric's great I I love Eric is so much fun and he goes into that clubhouse and I I think the guys really take to him because he just he's there to have a good time and and people like that it's infectious
2: Spore sounded though a little uncomfortable he loosened up a little bit especially at the very end when he and Chiafalo ended with
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you
5: by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news...
4: Are you pretty out on the idea that Jared Sandler is going to perform well on on TV this year, like the rest of us? Uh, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, we I did a we did a live one and it went pretty well, so I trust his ability. Well, we definitely know who the best liar on the team is. It's Josh Spores, ladies and gentlemen, champion. Thank you, Sporzy. Sporzy.
3: Listen, I, I will tell you. I uh, I think K and C tried to do this with Dane Dunning. Uh, I know G Bag tried to do this last year with Corey Seager. You try get these guys – I mean, they'll play along, but these guys will get my back too sometimes. Whoa. You better watch out. You they're got a clubhouse gonna, on lock. Yeah, you got yeah. it on lock. Yeah, you do. Yeah, they're, they're going to get my – I didn't know what, what G-Bag said, but last year, Corey afterwards came up and was like, man, they were trying to get me to say stuff, but they're not in this clubhouse. They're not a part of this or whatever. Like, they, they, I will say, baseball players are they're, they're, uh, – territorial is not the right word, but – uh, they take care of their own. And uh, yeah, so Eric tried to get Josh Forbes to throw me under the bus. I, I will say this about Josh it, it Remember, when they're in the clubhouse, it's super early. Uh, you know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about two in the afternoon. It's, uh, you know, in the seven o'clock hour, sometimes in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, so these guys are tired. They're just getting their coffee in them. Uh, and so I, I, I will say that as a defense for Josh Forrest, because he did come up to me afterwards and he he was curious about some of the bizarre questions that were asked, but he said in generally had a good time. And also remember that they get a lot of guys who they've never seen before show up and ask them, you know, why'd you throw that curveball in this meaningless game and this meaningless situation? And they're yeah. like, "What are you asking me, dude?" So <laughs> I think they like I think they like questions that come from from Eric follow
2: Jared Sandler here on the DNM Leasing hotline. Speaking of the back end uh, of that bull, bullpen. Uh, we all know that the problems they have had, the bad run at the closer position. Could this could this be the year that finally changes?
3: So, it's a great question. Uh, let me let me return this with a question to you guys. You know, the last time the Rangers had the same primary closer for back to back seasons, or do you do you remember uh, the name of that closer? Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan in 2012 and 2013, they have – think about this. Since Joe Nathan left, they have not had the same closer for consecutive seasons. Now, maybe they've had the incumbent closer start the season as the closer, but his performance did not allow him to continue in that role, right? Uh, So, now, last year they didn't really have one guy, but let's just say they ended the season with Jose LeClerc. Uh, now, Jose, you know, got hit hit around yesterday. Not going to read too much into that. It's early spring training. I mean, it, it, it wasn't even March yet. Uh, but that is a question. You know, I don't know that, that Jose LeClerc has uh, has the job on lockdown if he has a poor spring. We haven't seen David Robertson throw yet. That will happen soon. He's got to be considered. Josh Spores has got to be considered. And if Kirby Yates has a really good spring, then maybe he gets considered as well. Uh, you've got some options, but you'd love for one of those guys to give you the confidence that, that they can, you know, hold that down for the whole year. I just want to bring one thing up with Jose Leclerc though, because I do know that people last year were like, were uneasy about Jose Leclerc. He had a couple of inopportune, inopportunely timed bad performances. But if you go back and look at his numbers, they were really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Opposing hitters hit under 200 against him. It was the best of his career uh, since like 2017 or something. Jose LeClerc was not bad. It's simply the question of, you know, is he the guy who can hold down the ninth inning? There there, there shouldn't be any concern that Jose LeClerc can get you three big outs late in the game. The question is, can he consistently do it in the ninth inning? Because we all know. Uh, that the ninth inning is a different beast, yeah. but he did it really well in the postseason. Outside of the you know that that game five home run he allowed to Jose Altuve,
4: Jared. Is it clear? You know, last year was like you know let's let's try to avoid the bullpen as much as we can. Is it clear right now that going into opening day with the injuries that the bullpen is the strength of the pitching staff?
3: Uh, well, that yeah, I I think so. Uh, and 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 with the rotation, I think it's a group that can be you know, a, a really competitive group. I'm not going to say that, you know, in, in, in the current form without DeGrom, without or without Malley, uh, that it's it's likely that they're going to be one of the best rotations in baseball. But uh, they still can be a good group. You know, I know Sean's a, a big Dane Dunning guy. Uh, Andrew Heaney in the regular season, he'll have some stinkers. But, you know, he, he does a, a really nice job. He did a nice job for them last year. John Gray was a borderline all-star last year he probably didn't get more consideration because the Rangers had so many all-stars things started to tail a little bit after that, but leading up to the all-star break, you know, he was just going on this white hot run. Uh, And then of course we, you know, you know what you're going to get from Nathan Navaldi if he's healthy. So it's really not a, a bad group, but I do think they've added depth to their, their bullpen. And I'll tell you, RJ, I, there are always guys or maybe a guy, each team, each year, who steps up and, and plays a big role in the bullpen or becomes a you know, a, a relied-upon reliever. Two years ago for the Rangers, that was Brock Burke, right? He had a sub-two mm-hmm. ERA, kind of came out of nowhere. I, I'm really intrigued by the possibility of Mark Church uh, you know, playing a, a, a decent role in this bullpen. And it, it's early in spring training, but uh, Diego Castillo, who was at one point a, a really good reliever, had a down year last year, his velocity's back. Uh, And I really like Diego Castillo as, you know, one of these minor league uh, contract signings with an invite to big league camp who could make the team and uh, contribute in the bullpen. So I do think that uh, you're right, it's been a shift. I think the bullpen actually has more depth uh, and is is better prepared earlier in the season. Uh, I don't think, though, that the rotation is as much of a detriment if the guys stay healthy, we all know that is an incredibly big if, and the real questions with the rotation are not one through five. It's more six, seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine. Who are the guys who are going to step in early uh, if one or two of these guys or, heck, three of these guys go down?
4: Jared Sandler, Rangers Insider, joins us here, 105 through the fan. All right, and It's so early. Hitters are probably still getting their eyes down. Pitchers probably don't have their command. When can you start looking at how they're doing and kind of make judgments?
3: it's tough. everyone's different, right? So the veteran who knows he's gonna make the team, Marcus Simeon. Uh you know, he might be working on certain things. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna, you know, be uh concerned if he has a really bad spring. But then there are guys who they clearly are competing for a job. Uh and maybe you look more into that. But you know, I, I know with the Rangers winning the World Series there are fans who uh you know they are they're they're reengaging or maybe they're new to really locking in on baseball or the Rangers so just a few quick things one in Arizona you're not you're not in a, a, a dome stadium like the Diamondbacks are you're outdoors so some pitches don't move nearly as well especially breaking balls so it's sometimes tough to judge pitchers also pitchers aren't always pitching as closely to a scouting report uh you'll hear a lot of pitchers say that They're just trying to get their work in by throwing some pitches, maybe in situations they wouldn't in the regular season. So, you know, they're not, it's not that they're not trying to do what they need to do, but what they need to do is a little different in March than it is when it's the regular season. The other thing is there are countless examples of guys who crush spring training and then it looks like. The monsters took their talents in the ah. regular season, <laughs> and then there are guys who have awful springs, and then they go on and you know they have a great regular season. So uh, it, it, there's there's no correlation. Uh, I think there are specific things with guys. Uh, you know, if a hitter is just constantly swinging at everything and chasing, probably not a great sign, right? You don't like to see that. If a pitcher's velocity is down. You don't love to see that either. Those are some of the things that, that you know, I, I try to pay attention to uh, because a guy could be white hot with the bat in March, but it just doesn't mean it's going to carry over in April. Uh, obviously, you'd rather these guys perform better than worse, but there's just no guarantees on any of this stuff.
2: I need to give you a minute here to defend your boy because we got the Caleb com- Williams. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even text you the, uh, the preview. Caleb Williams not showing his medicals. Nonstop drama. We text about it. You went to USC. Talk about Caleb Williams and why the Chicago Bears should not be afraid.
3: We, we In sports, we need discussion, and sometimes we need headlines. And what's, what's happening here is it has been incredibly boring over the last two years because we've known that Caleb Williams will be the first overall pick. So you've got to create something, some sort of chasm, to try and, oh, maybe it is going to be Drake May. And I will tell you, uh, Sean, you know I don't always agree with Bobby on certain quarterback things. If anyone wants to waste a first round or a a top five pick on uh, Jaden Daniels, go right ahead. Uh, You're going to be regretting that immediately. Uh, Caleb Williams is by far and away the best option to be the number one overall pick. People are just looking for silly reasons, and then once Caleb Williams – is doing what he's going to do in the NFL, which is perform at a super high level and be a franchise quarterback, we're all going to look back and say, man, why are we so dumb to get uh, distracted by the fact he paints his nails? And the whole thing about being a bad teammate, remember, Caleb Williams flew his entire offensive line to the Heisman Trophy presentation two years ago. Uh, he is not a bad teammate. This idea that he's a bad teammate is kind of bogus. Uh, yes. is the, the NIL, Does the NIL stuff create a little bit of a – a weird dynamic, sure. But Caleb Williams is not a bad teammate. Anyone who wants to overthink this, be my guest. You're going to look like an idiot when Caleb Williams is making Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Bam! All the right. Sandman,
2: Jared Saylor, D&M Leasing Hotline. Thank you for a wonderful dinner, and sorry about the, uh, sorry about the Bobby drama.
3: Yeah, it's all right. Sorry about Bobby. It's just like, that should be a shirt. Sorry about Bobby. But I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for always being such great supporters of the charity.
2: Thank you, brother. The man, Jared Sandler from Surprise here on Your Home of the Rangers. Uh, There's still people crapping on the Mavericks trade? Are you kidding me? And RJ is super pumped over an old-school movie remake. That is next.
1: Okay, picture this.
4: Thank you